nights let the cards fall Make me a nice strong drink To hold back the tears and the memories I must have lived a hundred lifetimes I know that our time's a crooked road And I don't expect for you Hi, it's Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation. We have been major fans of Honeysuckle from the moment we saw them on the Sinclair stage opening for the Ballroom Thieves. Fellow Berklee College of Music grads Holly McGarry, Benjamin Burns, and Chris Gooch Blaniars have a sound that is difficult to describe. It definitely has bluegrass roots, but leans towards what we'll call porch rock. If no one else has coined the phrase, we will take full credit. As you have just heard on their song, It's Getting Late, their harmonies, musicianship, and unexpected arrangements will blow you away. Playing guitar, banjo, and mandolin, while their voices are very distinct, they blend together to build an ethereal landscape of sound that surrounds you. I know that's very deep, but you'll see what I mean when halfway through you hear Dog Song, another cut off their self-titled album. You'll also hear a few live songs at the end as well, so don't miss those. I also included about 10 seconds of them warming up because I thought it was so great. Before we begin, let me say a few words about Club Passim. The mission of Club Passim is to provide truly exceptional and interactive live musical experiences for both performers and audiences to nurture artists of all stages of their career and to build a vibrant music community. They do so through their legendary listening venue, music school, artist grants, and outreach programs. As a nonprofit since 1994, Passim cultivates a diverse mix of musical traditions where the emphasis is on the relationship between performers, the audience, teachers, and students. Located in Harvard Square, Passim serves Cambridge and the broader region by featuring local, national, and international artists. For more information, visit Passim.org. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Honeysuckle, recorded in their kitchen in Somerville, Massachusetts. So Michelle will take pictures while we talk. And make me look better than I usually look. <laughs> Ron, he has no hope for you, though. <laughs> so, all right. So, like despite all of our technical difficulties, I think this is going to... <laughs> yeah. I think this will I work. I would hope that a margarita's been made in that at least once. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> that, that looks... You can ward off vampires while we're here. That so. looks stolen. Uh, <laughs> no comment. Yeah. That's okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for for sitting with us of and uh, inviting us into your home. So we saw you when we went to see Ballroom Thieves. Yes. And I and we came up afterwards. Do you remember me meeting you? I do. Yes. I, it was bought, a very I bought vinyl from you. Night. I oh, that. very Did nice. Did we sign it? You signed it. Yeah. <laughs> that's so. That's rare. Yeah, people don't Vin- People yeah. buying vinyl from you is rare? Uh, no, that they sign it. Yeah, we sign it. Yeah. I mean, also the vinyl a little bit, yeah. but... Was, did he look a little scary? You said we must sign this because he might get upset. That was an overwhelming night. It was. It a was? Good night. Why was it an overwhelming night? Just anytime there's a big show, you just freak yourself out, and by you I mean us because we freak ourselves out, and you think that it's your whole life on the table, and so that's what we did that night. Which it kind of was at that point. <laughs> In our like. own little worlds, but it was very fun. But well, it was it was also, right after the BMAs. Yeah. Yeah. And they were didn't they win? 
Bombed they won. They won in two again. categories, maybe even three. I know there was like Americana folk. folk Might have yeah. been new album also. Yeah, yeah. they but did the, quite well. Yeah, we we were <laughs> all nominated for the same categories the previous year, and they and won they won as, well. as yeah. They're so good. we had a feeling they were going to win again. They're winners because they haven't gotten any they're less good taller, or popular. They're hotter. They've <laughs> got cooler <laughs> tattoos. But they're very bitter. nice. But no one's bitter. No, um, but they are. They're too <laughs> nice to be to, for us. No, to they, be see, they seem very nice. <laughs> yeah, we, we do like them a lot. But they're, you're the guys who I went up to after the after the show. So and yeah. asked them on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, but no, you. you guys, you blew me away because you know you, you go and you hope this is going to be a great opener. You know when you go see somebody and we love the Sinclair. It's one of the mm-hmm. it was like a few times we we been and as soon as you guys were done I, I went right over so um, oh. really is that why it was really a you're a little nerve-wracking because of the Sinclair itself or was it for any other reasons or we played there once before as Honeysuckle these guys had played before in a different band called Gracie's and we played once before as part of like a showcase so it wasn't quite an official show so this was our first time as like a little band with a little bit more footing so that was a little nerve-wracking. We'd only just met the Ballroom Thieves, too, so still trying to make a good impression with them, of course. And then we were sort of being, I'll say, courted by a musical entity that could have been a good... Oh, they were in the good, room? They had a representative there. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we didn't know. <laughs> Turns out they were just flirting. Oh, no, you know, like but, um, tease. Those you know, tease. You <laughs> knew that they were going to be there ahead of time. Yeah, they told yeah, So that we added were, to your... We were, yeah, yes. and I had just had... Violent food poisoning. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a little weakened. Oh, geez. Well, you couldn't tell on stage. <laughs> That's good. You hold your own. You've got, let's see, you played at the Newport Folk Festival. Mm-hmm. You're nominated for Best Folk Artist of the Year and Best Americana Artist of the Year at the mm-hmm. BMAs. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's pretty, you know, you, it feels you can good. hold your own. <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty good. When were, you, when were those nominations? Were those the same year? Uh, Newport was 2015. And I think, yeah, BMAs, we were nominated in those two categories, 2015 and 2016. Okay. Yeah. Good, well, that's, that's awesome. Good times. Thank you. Yeah. That, that was our first time to the BMAs last, last year. <laughs> yeah. it's Every year it's different. It was kind of crazy being at... It was at the Sinclair the previous year. Right. So, yeah, being at the... Um, House of Blues there. Yeah, House of Blues. So yeah. huge. So crazy. Yeah. But, but fun. We were hanging out while Chuck was like having this moment of cord and laptop and device connection, and it was a uh, we all watched while he sweat a little bit, but he but he did it. Yeah, thanks and for he watching. Was able, he was able to put <laughs> put this uh, together in your home, and thanks again. This is really cool to be right, well, right we're surrounded by Berkeley the, engineers, though. Exactly, that's what I was <laughs> say. And we were in the epicenter uh, of honeysuckle, like yeah. deep inside the Death Star H- of, HQ, uh, yeah. of honeysuckle. Death Star. Oh, I got to be careful with the Star Wars references. That's our favorite thing right now. It was Holly and myself. Well, you brought up many it's Star so, Wars references. It's so weird because podcast. just last night I came up. My son, who's who's like twelve, mm. had the original Star Wars on. And he's, ex- and he's explaining it to my nine-year-old daughter. You're a big Star Wars fan. Oh, oh we're into it. Yeah. We're it's about into it. the Ben's only not quite thing we there talk yet. about. I have never seen Star Wars before. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, he's we the got, outlier. Should we stop the podcast or... <laughs> Should Wait, we continue? I mean, if I might it was have, up like, to me, we probably would. And I might have been it. in the room when when it was being played in the VHS days, but like I just never found my way to it. Not that I, th- I mean, I think it's great. Like I really do. I just haven't. He it's a, it's a big thing to tackle. Like here. if I'm gonna watch it, I want to watch. It, like in a nice environment, like in high quality, all in a row. Not, I had that. So the question, it's a lot of right, content. So the, the big question is on the table here. I think we're all. That's amazing that you've never seen that. <laughs> so 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 should Ben start 
with the first book. I would like to watch them as they chronologically came out. That's yeah. the thing. It's that's the way to do it. it. Oh, came yeah. out. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the way. That's yeah. the way they were intended Although to Although I do want to watch it one time in order, like one, two, and three, Rogue I've, One. I've done it. Four, five, well, and without six. Without Rogue One, I've done it. Ro- I would like to see Rogue One into four, even though like the quality is going to be a little different. I think like I th- it'd be fun to see that like sequence so speaking of trilogies and things mm-hmm. like that, so there's the three of you. <laughs> oh, nice transition there. Thank, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, we were good. talking before He's about. Not as dumb as he looks. <laughs> we were talking before about entering Berkeley and exiting Berkeley, mm. and it was pretty striking to me that I remember your chops on the stage, stage left, I think, with the guitar, and you did have a bass drum, I think, kick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, Ben, started as a percussion major yeah drum right? principal yeah and then chris you started as a piano major and came That's out a, uh, a mandolin major neither of us changed our principal instrument at berkeley we were drums and piano the entire time as students but our performing lives <sighs> ended up kind of going this way although ben and i were in another band for a few years where he did where play he drums and but i played, played keyboard sometimes i played keyboard towards the, the tail end of that i played banjo for like 90 percent of the material and mandolin for some of it, and then piano for some of it. Tell me about that transition. So I understand. So you you kept your your focus as your major, but what sort of clicked, or how how did it come to be for? And how, so Holly, what was your major there? What was uh, your instrument primary? Vocal principal. Vocal I hate pin- admitting that vocal principals <laughs> get ripped on <laughs> real hard. You're the lead singer for a for a great up and coming or yeah, great so folk it out it's just the, progressive the Berkeley band, psychology. Though. No, it's fine. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> I know, getting the uh, little the dirt on the, right. how what you all think of each other, <laughs> depending upon your major. It's, it's easy to pick on the vocalists. Everybody and does the it. They're the majors. majority. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah, they don't have to Are carry the majority, anything. Really? The majority, yeah. for sure. Yeah, a lot of them. Guitar, guitar, actually, guitar, guitar players voice. might be more. Guitar and voice, for sure. They're, they're also usually, guitar and voice are the two they're least not as likely. They're reading Yes, to music, be like musically typically. academic. I mean, I, I played guitar and banjo before and accompanied myself, so I didn't really transition. When I auditioned, I played guitar and sang, and I, I went into like self-accompanying singer-songwriter ensembles and stuff like that, so I didn't really change. I think these guys made me better musicians because they were better than me. <laughs> I'm always trying to keep up with them, but their stories might be a little different. Well, just remind remind us while we're, we're talking about this, what do you play? Is it acoustic guitar? Yeah, acoustic guitar and, and banjo. Banjo, I'm still not good at, but I'd, I'd say I'm a solid intermediate rhythm player. Mm-hmm. Confirmed. Yeah, you accompany your own your own voice and Chris and Ben as well. Yeah, just try not to get in the way of them doing their stuff. God, it's it's it annoys me that you guys are so good at like secondary instruments. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while I, to get I over that. I only the guitar, and I. But I'm you're okay. just not good at your secondary instrument, which, <laughs> which you don't have. <laughs> but but that's I mean that's that, I mean I think it's fantastic that you guys can play all these different instruments because you can mix it up i know mm. that you, you'll switch to the banjo yeah i'm loosely a multi you on the banjo as well uh not in honeysuckle i'm strictly on mandolin this oh, really? is like a first time thing as far as honeysuckle goes i am proudly on one instrument well, for the time you, being you freaking rocket and you yeah. you know you're playing three eight once you got the, yeah, the, so it's you got the, the bass and your, you got a triangle, I think, or something. Like that. I mean, did I have a triangle? Symbols between yeah. the knees. You, you can mount them to your. I do have a triangle. You grew up playing drums. As yeah, a I played all through school, and like I wanted to be a jazz drummer. I was studying jazz for a while, and I, and I was like applying to schools in New York and stuff. But things just changed. I mean, I always played guitar and banjo, 
really sort of non-committally throughout high school and stuff. I thought I was teaching him banjo chords when I first met him. He was just being polite. <laughs> I mean, she kind of was. She was refreshing <laughs> me. I hadn't picked it up in a long time. My dad was a musician, too, so I, it was always around the house. Yeah. So I, I had that melodic craving, sort of, so I would pick up the guitar every once in a while and play, but it was mostly drums until Berkeley, then I decided that I didn't like drums that much huh, anymore. Really? But he does, Sometimes, depending on the context. Where, I didn't where, like studying drums very much. Why, why, do you, why, why do you think? Yeah, yeah. Was it the jazz thing that they? I went, once I got to Berkeley, it was. It wasn't. They, they make sure to, they're pretty well rounded. So I wasn't just studying jazz on the drums. It was a combination of things. I don't. I don't think for a while I was. I was struggling being in music school. So my principal instrument like became my enemy, kind of. But if I had to do it again, I would study something melodic. I feel like mm. I would have gotten more out of that. Mm than drums i can get around the drums mostly you know but i would have been more inspired i would have been ha- had like a higher learning curve if i was something on the banjo or guitar or something mm. but how has or has it the writing or the performance been influenced by rhythm i'm actually really glad that i started on drums because a lot of banjo was super rhythmic and guitar and singing harmonies and like locking together is like a lot of that's rhythm even though there's no drums like we have to compensate for the lack of percussion in our music a lot of times so mm. having a good foundation in rhythm is really great i think it helps it makes so many things easy yeah because i noticed some of your music has some pretty interesting timing yeah and i know he got a lot of rhythmic stuff too because piano is pretty yeah, we're, we're literally the same boat, just sub piano for drums for yeah. like ev- everything in that answer. Yeah, I mean, Chris even played drums in a band. Too. I did my first my yeah. first high school band. I played drums. Awesome, good straight times. Straight in his hair. I always <laughs> wanted to play the drums. I was never good at, good enough at it. It's the most fun. It is fun. Thing. I went out and I bought a drum set for my house, and I I still not good at it, but it's fun to bang around and oh yeah they're electronics I get to put my headphones on no one hears me which yeah is, I, which I have an electric kit at, at my house back in New York so how did you get into the mandolin then I, I got into the mandolin I, I played violin I picked it up in third grade in elementary school and like everybody like picks an instrument I've been playing piano since I was like five years old my dad got me started on that so I did that for a while and then I got into guitar in middle school and then I had this musical uncle who played a lot of mandolin and accordion and piano so I kind of like found the mandolin through him and then my dad just kind of surprised me and got me a cheap Ibanez mandolin one year for Christmas and I liked it better than the violin or the guitar it's kind of like so you've been playing it for a while since like seventh grade or eighth grade so you didn't it's not like you picked it up coming out of Berkeley and said no no what if I'm good at this and you started playing the mandolin is interesting it's almost like an amalgam of a violin and a guitar that's what I liked I liked it better than either size and strings and yeah, because I always liked playing the violin, but anytime we weren't working on a song, I would just tip it on its side and start plucking things out, because it was just more fun for me that way, and I was like, oh, that's what the mandolin is, so I'll just do that. Uh, <laughs> did you guys know each other in Berkeley? Yeah. Ben's one of the first people I met. We were in the same orientation class. Oh, really? And I remember he was wearing a, a flannel shirt, and he was like, I just of got course. back from India, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I was like, wow, he seems cool. And <laughs> She was mistaken. And uh, then I just... Sent him my music and relentlessly sat with him in the lunchroom when he was there and uh, made him my friend. There you go. <laughs> and it did a similar Forced thing to friendship. Chris. <laughs> exactly. And here we are. <laughs> wow. And what did you do in India? I took a year off after high school and I was like with this gap year program yeah. through Portland State. That was for like the fall. And then I went to Peru in the spring after. That's cool. My daughter's going to Ecuador next year. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be really? A, she's she going to keto? She's going to be a biologist assistant. She's going to really? take notes oh. and oh, I didn't know that. be published in this mis- in the in something. I don't know. Some book. 
Cool. The dictionary, maybe. <laughs> dictionary. I've read so, that one, I think. And any any uh, any musical connection in India? Um, I did study. Like there was a week we were in Varanasi, and we could choose sort of like internships. They had music, so I took three days of sitar and a few days of tabla, which is like totally not enough. Uh, but it was cool. I mean, I, I was always it, yeah. drawn to like those like scales that they use, harmonic minor, and like mostly through the Beatles. That's how I got into. Eastern music and yeah, philosophy and that's stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, so it is interesting because of the way you guys harmonize, which I want to, which I want to get to. Yeah. Mm. So you met him the, your first year, and when did you guys meet? Well, I, actually, I don't know when I, you guys first met. I started exactly. school a year ahead of the two of them, and then I met our friends Matt and John. We formed that that other band we were talking about called Gracies, and we were a trio at the time. And then we that year became friends with uh, Ian. Ian, who's a high school friend of Ben's. So then when Ben and Holly started the following year, Gracie's and absorbed Ben on drums and Ian, who's normally a guitar player, played bass in our band. Ben had met Holly in orientation class, so I met Holly and then, uh, yeah. That's so, my, so my question is, you're are a school full of musicians. Mm-hmm. How in God's name do you figure out who to start a band with? Flannel shirts. <laughs> That's it. I think we're honestly, we're super lucky, I think, because a lot of people, yeah. we know a lot of other like Berkeley bands and stuff or have known them and there's so many it's just such a saturation of musicians looking right. to start projects it's like you don't hard know who to you, get who's who you're gonna play with well right. sometimes you may wait and wait and wait and never play with anybody i mean i don't know how that how does that work and there's always like yeah. let's the let's jam thing yeah. i'm holding up quotes here yeah in the air and it's like that works out sometimes too but i think there's not many bands you know there's a lot of people jamming together but yeah. like it's like a bunch of solo musicians you know there's a difference between like being in a band and being in a group of musicians who are playing together it's right. like this what was the moment lucky. yeah what was a moment for each of you when you realized you weren't just quote jamming together and that you wanted to be in a band with each other and you felt that you were becoming a band ben and i just ended up writing well together Early on, we'd just been like sending music that we liked back and forth, and then we wrote a song about a prostitute named Wendy. <laughs> and uh, that's when I knew it was really dark <laughs> and it was cool. And I was like, Yeah, I think this will probably work. Chris didn't, we played as a duo for like a year at like uh, Boston Burger Company and other yeah. really oh, yeah. um, cool places. We made a record with 24 tracks called Feathers <laughs> that I made the sleeves out of uh, PBR boxes and okay. uh, we were really on a roll and then uh, like a year into that I guess Chris just started like showing up playing and forcing himself on yeah. you well we started dating because I had always liked it I mean I was definitely like a, a fan I mean I iPhone videoed in its entirety <laughs> Every the show. entire set that they had played at Boston Burger Company. Oh, yeah. Nice. You still have that? I have the whole thing. Somewhere. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I don't even want to see that. I was, I was fangirling for like an entire year, you got basically. To know the music. And then I, you know, I realized that I could possibly be, there was space for me, maybe. I wouldn't be imposing on the, the duo. And then we played around with it. We had done a handful of sets for one thing or another, never with a name. It was mm-hmm. always, we just went up there as like, Holly, Holly, Chris, ben and, and Ben. Yeah. Just like no, you know, no real band per se. And it wasn't until um, a couple of months into doing that that, you know, I felt like, you know, we were three people at that point. We were a three-person band, whatever we were. And then we wanted a name and we, we landed on Honeysuckle and then it was just nonstop from there. This is during school or after school? During, during, during school. school. So, yeah, we played a show at Rockwood Music Hall under the name Huckle. And then that next show that we played, I don't even know what it was. We I were love Honeysuckle. Rockwood Music Hall. But... 
That felt like our place. first official show. I saw the video of it. But it felt magical. Oh, cool. Is that it? It felt real. It, it felt was. like you guys were a band. Yeah, that was kind of our probably, like world debut in a sense. Yeah. We had to edit out. There's a lot of like, go Huckle, because we were only Huckled that one night. But <laughs> yeah, we were not even on the bill as Huckle. We just decided that day that we were Huckle, and we yeah. said it on the mic. Now, it, Huckle has nothing to do with the Richard Scary books. Or no? I just, I wanted something. You know what I'm talking about? I, I don't, actually. So Richard Scary, S-C-A-R-R-Y. A-R-E-Y, maybe? I can't remember. I don't know, but um, it's, not it's scary, a classic. Like it's it's one of these class. I mean, it came out in the seventies when we were kids. But it, it, I it, I worship. I, I love that. Book. It, it it's a book that had like a, this cat, or it had all these different like like Lowly the Worm, and you know it was like these great stories about these like cartoon but people just, and just fire list, trucks. It would and, just list what had like a who say like glass and like brick house, and it would it would label everything on the book, hmm. and but yeah. there was these little stories around them. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, that's uh, a better way of yeah, exactly. So yeah. they would sort of label everything, and then Huckle was, a, was, it was a cat. our Star Wars. Huckle was, I think, <laughs> a cat with uh, with these like uh, green. Uh, I don't suspenders. remember Huckle. I don't even. I remember oh. Lowly. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a Lowly the Worm to. would be a yeah, good we name. Yeah, we knew about that. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah, side project, Lowly the Worm. Lowly the Worm. Or yeah. secret name. Yeah. Yeah. We become so big, and we want to play a small show. Or we get sued by somebody. Oh, that could be your whole your hotel secret. <laughs> but but back to honeysuckle. I mean, the word authenticity has come up in Brian Carroll's review on you guys. Oh, he's a he's yeah, a sweet. Brian's too nice, dude. Yeah, Brian. he's is a he terrific the, writer. He's the guy called guy? The, the Chris Steele. Yes, the, yes, that's yeah. the same, uh, same uh, article. Redline red Roots. Yeah, but he's you know, a great uh, authenticity is it's a cool word because it's like I've listened to a lot of music and when I saw you guys live, you know that you guys are, are feeling that and you're playing the music that you love. It's, it's genuine. What am I trying to say? It's genuine. It reminds me of some of the jam bands out there. You know, they feed off each other. They sound fantastic live and then they're going to have these hooks just mm. because that's just the way it, it happens. You know, you, mm. uh, that's how some of these songs come about. And like what Chuck was saying with the harmonies, I mean, I think that mm. that's a big part of what you do underneath that. How do I how do I describe Holly's voice? I can't even put in the words, but it's a you have sort of a Lounge. jazz laying yeah. over layer over folk, and I like that. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. I, and we're just, we're just oh, butchering the you. way to say it. We're good. We're good. Let me let me start again. I think that I think that <laughs> it's rare to have a jazz vocalist. I don't want to pin you as a jazz vocalist. You're a vocalist that has jazz elements and mm. spices to it, I guess, and that it, it has it has a folk sensibility because of the harmonies with it as well. Yeah. So yeah, I like the combo. Of, well, thank you. Yeah, if I was I'm no Brian better, Carroll, I, but you I, know, I, a, I, I like it. A jazz singer. But yeah, I guess there's not a lot of three-part harmony in jazz singing. It's more of like a soloist kind of situation. But it's never... not even that. I mean, you, you've... you've Kind of been labeled. You even say it on your on your website. You have folk tendencies or folk. We're it's not hard good to at pinpoint you of what <laughs> kind of music it is because with all the the instruments, you would think yeah, folk or bluegrass. Those those are the, the basics of the instruments. Mm-hmm. But the songwriting and the harmony. The harmonies you could probably lean a little bit towards bluegrass because of the way you kind of mm-hmm. do a lot of lilting and you use a lot of oohs and ahs and mms to mm-hmm. to include instead of saying a lyric you'll you'll use that mm-hmm. yeah. but you use effects on your on your mandolin so it gets a little spacey mm-hmm. in there i it's hard for me to 
pinpoint what your sound is, which is yeah, which is what makes thing. it unique. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I don't even know that's if to tell why people we say anymore. yeah. That's why we say progressive. It just leaves it kind of yeah. It's, open. It's, it's just like I mean that could be like a little bit of a dangerous word to use because like typically if somebody's in a prog band, it implies something right. completely unlike what we are. Exactly. Yeah, but at least true. progressive, yeah. I, I think, communicates that it's not. Not it, traditional. Yes, that's just exactly. Because sometimes, like old timey or bluegrass folks, I think might be uh, disappointed. Like if we've been it's described there, though, as, but it's there are elements. But if if we're like, yeah, it's an old timey traditional band, people would be like, word. that's not. Kind of make up your own word. Yeah, a lot is. of people people are doing it. Crooked porch is what tender uh, gentle, uh, gentle temper tempers is crooked himself. porch folk but that's because they crooked porch i like that it's yeah yeah we just too. it doesn't even matter i mean yeah. lula wiles say they're like a whiskey slap to the heart like what does that mean but it is nice you know yeah we, just, we, we don't quite have a like slogan that. like that if people ask you like who do you sound like is it hard for you to i i mean i just name people we like my I my guess. go-to i say we're like a almost like a crosby stills and nash that is existing in 2017 Mm-hmm. It's, that's like where that's where I, I related to say most. that sometimes though. It's like we've got the three part harmony. We're not as good as them, but oh yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not necessarily yeah, yeah. In, in thinking that, but right. it's, it's three part harmony with with three distinct voices present also. talk about about your songwriting and one of my favorite songs and there's a lot of them what's the name of the album as arrows is it was called oh the first one yeah well maybe i may be mixing up my albums but um there's one called uh the dogs one dog song dog song yeah it's off the I, uh the I love album that song. itself self and i actually i heard the that you recorded off passim and there's a dog song intro oh is there there is there is it's oh. on you can it's you can banter actually and, uh, I will buy it later. and it explains how you came up with the song. It was an album release party. Was oh, it yeah. on we that album? Some, yep. Yeah, we did some, a couple lot. But, but yeah, you said that a, you had it for a while, and then you finished it a couple months before. You finished it in the studio, really. Yeah. The lyrics. And then you, the album was out two months later? Yeah. Something wow. Like that, yeah. Most of the song was... 
performed before? Well, that was one of the songs. I have a bunch of little ideas. You know, I'll have that idea for a melody, or and like me and Holly have like probably libraries of like little tiny snippets of things that we've recorded, just little things that we're hoping will come together later. It was at the point where we're like making this new record, so we kind of like brought some stuff to the table that was half finished, and that was one of them. I didn't have too much faith in it until I heard it in the context of with harmonies. Like, it, you know, obviously didn't have harmonies when I was just recording it. It was just this little sort of ditty thing. And well, that was the first time I think I tried to write a song where I was like, had an idea in mind about what I wanted it to be about. Like, I wanted it to be from the perspective of a dog who had ran away. The idea was that this dog is like yearning to break free, finally like snaps the leash, runs down the road, escapes the shackles of lonely yard existence or whatever. Whoever's keeping Sounds him like captive. Life, huh? It it's about you, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know until now. but And then steals food from the supermarkets to eat and eventually like regrets his decision, obviously seeing totally. things that he took for granted about the yard life. When I found out the name, I'm like, why is it called Dogs? It took yeah. me a second, but then it doesn't have to be about a dog. It could be about a... You guys could be stealing stuff from the supermarket. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. that's not out of the question. You're right. right. <laughs> it doesn't that's actually right. say dog in the song. No, it doesn't. Do you guys know Jennifer Kimball? Uh, yes. So, Denny play with her? Yeah, I think she might. Yeah, our friend Denny plays with her sometimes. Yeah, so she was in a band called The Story back in the 90s, and mm. her all she did was harmony. She just sang. And her latest album, a lot of really unusual harmonies, and we kind of talked about it in the last podcast. Yeah. And, and, it's and called Evo Set. Avocet, yes, mm. which is a bird, right? I don't know. Yeah, thanks, thanks for helping. <laughs> <laughs> but I know Elwife is a fish. Elwife is a fish. Because I just parked oh. at Elwife and I looked it up because I forgot. Yes. But I need um, to go ahead. What was I saying? Dogs, birds, fish. Uh, unusual harmonies. Unusual harmonies, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Thank you. it's in gotcha. a lot of songs, but since I have the dog story, dog song in my, in my head, that one line, um, steal what I can from the supermarket, gives me chills when I hear it. I, it's cr- I crank that out with my daughter. <laughs> uh-huh. my, even my daughter loves that, the, li- likes that song a lot. She's going to be stealing but food in Ecuador before the, you know it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Who knows what we're inspiring no, in no. the, the youth of today. I don't know if you guys can explain maybe theoretically it's a major why, seven. why it's different <laughs> yeah, it's, a ma- <laughs> it's a major seven chord. It's a major seven to a nine, right? It goes to a nine. But it's it's not. I don't know, it's for, for whatever. I don't expect where you go with that harmony piece. Mm. I don't know what it is. Is it? Do you know why? Is it just? They like an a idiot? lot of like <laughs> tensions and stuff. That's probably why. Yeah, we're kind of drawn to like the way notes rub up against each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of where the schooling com- comes in and helps because you can match your ear to things that are tangible. Like, oh, I like the way that sounds, and you, know, you learn what it is, and you can use it, you know? Right. So we, like, when we're arranging things, we will choose to go to, like, attention instead of, like, a regular diatonic I think it's tone. perfect, this, this attention. I like that. Yeah. And I want to hear more about this, because it's really unique, again, as Chuck mentioned, that you, the three of you as a trio came out of Berkeley's, and it sort of evolved that way with a lot of, you know, there's a lot of um, silos. There's a lot of people that are in this to sort of get their big start, when you come together, you're naturally gifted musicians, but you also have theory and you have training. You're just describing right there my, my curiosity about some Berkeley-born band that's, that's organic because it's, um, it's nature-nurture. You're learning so much. You hear these things, too. You just said you come up with these little ditties and you have a library of them, and you do, too, of course. It's not just what you hear, but you're also thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so like, what's the chicken of the egg sometimes it's putting a reason to the rhyme like I mean mm-hmm. I think most of what we come up with or like we had floating around our brains or was like in our taste already but now because we know what we're talking about we can say play the nine there the major nine or whatever yeah 
I don't have to. It puts a language to like the the non tangible idea. But I think we tend to like to let songs be driven by things that aren't really theory based because that's where all like the good stuff comes from for me at least is stuff that I'm just like thinking about. I'm not thinking about like oh this should go to the four quarter. Like if I'm in a tight spot, I'll be like okay well I can use like a convention. But like usually I'll try to go with whatever's floating around because that's going to be the most like freeing thing for me. I'm not gonna be satisfied like yeah writing so hands-on i guess it's like letting things happen as organically as they can and then completing them with knowledge that i have picked up yeah interesting so what degree is improv then when you guys play live uh, just about to ask that. um when we play live it's mostly scripted and written but there are i mean ben and i will spice things up quite frequently especially on things that we played so many times things that are like particularly jammy in nature and kind of upbeat i'll throw in a lick that i don't play a lot of times or like ben will do some kind of rhythmic thing and i'll look at him and i'll just call it back you know it's kind of like this funny inside joke yeah. almost maybe even like more so out of boredom a lot of times yeah too. it's keeping it fresh like, oh, not that sure. we're very bored but like we know them well enough that like we feel comfortable that we can like mess around and not have like a train wreck yeah but there, there are certain things it, it just depends like it's it's almost more within the regular song structure that the improvisation happens but like anytime that i have a lead uh with the exception of some of the newer songs but like most of the songs like canary or something where i'm taking like a big instrumental chunk like you were saying at the end of that tiny desk video i play that note for note almost the same way every time because it's more of a part than a solo in, in my eyes. It just depends on the, the song, really, I guess. But there's sure. a fair amount of improv. Yeah, and what about you? Do you have uh, some inflections or changes that you do live? or Pretty rarely. Yeah. Um, They're a treat all, when they all three of... What was that? They're a treat when you do them. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, all three of us are singing at the same time a lot. If I do something that's unscripted, it is usually a train wreck situation. <laughs> Sometimes she like swi- she switches verse- verses around just to keep us on if her I'm toes. Like, paying, was- if I just start thinking about something else it's always at really inopportune times like for instance at the newport folk festival we were playing a gillian welsh song i love gillian and it's a song we knew very well and i just we were mid-song and i was just looking out and i was like wow how amazing it is to be here (laughs) and i just blew right through a section and it turned into a solo and uh yeah just yeah things like that my improv um it really keeps these guys on their toes in a bad way. <laughs> so sometimes it's unintentional <laughs> improv. No, no mistakes though. Never. No, uh, always it, yeah, it's always improv. unintentional. And what do they say? If you make a mistake, do it again. <laughs> yeah, just play it again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It does work. I mean, for in like a solo situation, not in like a you can't just repeat a verse because you. Well, you skip that section. Next show we play, skip it again. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they changed the oh, arrangement. It wasn't actually a part. Right. No. So I, yeah, I don't really. I, I don't have uh, like solo chops or anything like that. So. Um, I wanted to ask about the million hits. How does that? Wh- how does you that guys happen? Have a million friends. We just bought this house. <laughs> we don't have a million friends. We just bought a house. I bought a car. Holly bought two yeah. cars. No, so I, I want people to Saul Goldman. You are drinking Lord Hobo, so <laughs> that's yeah. not cheap I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just ironic now. You know the hobo thing. We're like, yeah, hey, we're rich. No. Uh, but a million, <laughs> a, a million plays on a song. Called board a pl- what's it called board, board that, that plane. plane that's that's a big number that's it is cool, a big yeah. number I honestly don't know what happened someone at Spotify must just like us I mean it's just it's getting put on playlists I don't re- honestly know how yeah, that I works mean, the, from what I understand the playlists that Spotify curates are like fifty percent staff picks fifty percent algorithmic like machine picks mm. and then our album came out 
And then within that week, it was sifted to the top of like new releases and that it was on fresh finds that week. And then it yeah, did really well like there. The and top. then we were getting ready to play Lollapalooza at that time. So somebody had added it to a Lollapalooza playlist. And then yeah. some, uh, this was actually for It's Getting Late. It wasn't even the same song, but like we started getting Spotify traction that way. And then I think Spotify saw that it was doing well on the playlist and getting lots of listens and people were coming back or maybe going to our artist page as a result. Then they put our song Canary on another playlist called like Indie Bluegrass or something and then uh board that plane got put on a third one a few months later called Just acoustic go. afternoon Oh, acoustic mm. yeah and then for yeah. for whatever reason that song in that playlist just got like triple the traction of the other stuff Fine, so you so you you're yeah. watching this kind of bump up ten thousand hundred thousand yeah it's Chris's crazy dad really likes to check he's like oh <laughs> you got on to... the phone he's like oh you're eight hundred thousand that's what i do for my downloads of my podcast i understand how that works but that's really cool yeah. i mean like i don't think i've actually heard that song i'm one of the, the non-million yeah it's <laughs> so one i never would have expected a lot more people who haven't heard one yeah but that's I mean, one what, I wrote in high school. I think. Kudos! I mean, that's that's kind of awesome. a rare thing. So I don't thank know. you. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I like it's to think that lucky. it's nice to think that a million people are having acoustic afternoons too. It's really like, <laughs> yeah. really pleasing thought. Yeah, you know? it's like afternoon delight. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like afternoon. That's where the delight. inspiration uh, for that song came from. Oh, so. well, my daughter's listening listening to you. So <laughs> that younger. So you got nice. the high school demographic yeah we are somewhat family friendly i think that helps yeah, we us don't out. have any cursing we've got that line about stealing but it was a dog though we have a lot we've had about 43 episodes or so on this podcast and all types of folks your music does span different generations which is that's a, a rare thing as well mm-hmm. and i i don't know i like to highlight that that may yeah. be a reason why you're at that million because it's not yeah it's family friendly but i mean you can have meaning like you can have like a little little kid dance to it and enjoy it but also you can have like you know millennials and gen you know old gen xers like us you know? you're, the, you're the star yeah. wars of, <laughs> of porch, Thank porch you. rock oh, yeah we're star like, wars folk that's our new, our new genre folk. yeah it's so misleading there is there is so much about star wars that connects with honeysuckle it's scary <laughs> it's really scary yeah how about porch rock is that a good definition <laughs> porch rock porch yeah. rock Possibly. And I'll think of something. It's getting there. What's going on for you guys this summer? What's next? Well, we got a tour coming up with our friends at Western Den. That's going to be starting July 14th. It's two weeks. Where's that? Uh, Holly, take it's, it away. Well, it's going, <laughs> we're going Midwest and into the South. So we're going as far west in that tour as uh, Chicago. We're opening for uh, drive-by truckers. Oh, neat, really. And so, yeah, that's our that's one of that's our fantastic. big gigs of the summer. And then we're going with Western Den down as far south as, I believe, Richmond, Virginia. And then back up north again to Portland, Maine and spots in between. <laughs> And then we'll be over in the uh, awesome. Pacific Northwest for mid-August until like early September. And then big thing after that, new album drop on October 5th. Oh, sweet. Show's going to be yeah. at Passim. That's our place. That's Are our you home. playing yeah. the new stuff now? <laughs> some uh, some of, of it, it, yeah. You, you heard some of the songs there at, um, some, at the some Sinclair. Some songs that haven't been heard at all, though. So thank you, guys. Thank you. We appreciate it. When we stop this and we'll get resituated, then we'll see you guys want to play for us. If you sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. All right. Beautiful pain. Beautiful pain. All right. Go for it. 
dog is killed over the key to the fall Outstretched in his sun-dipped and calloused right hand There on the threshold of outside and in How the sirens wailed, how the rain came again Though I'm not afraid of the two-wheeled machine That now I find rumbling under my feet Hilltown could bury the song of the life that he sold that is born may stand strong. Six one dollar bills, American skills, the carpenter's boy. Seven long dreary days, fifty-two ways to die. Long dreary years.
tried to bring you back You were water through mud hands rushing as the rivers to the Honeysuckle sounds great even in their kitchen. You have got to check them out live. They have a full schedule of shows this summer and will drop their new album this fall. Check out everything there is to know about them at honeysuckleband.com. Go to AboveTheBasement.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. On behalf of Ronnie and myself, thanks for listening. Tell your friends, and remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. <laughs>